Someone to give you some great insight is none other than our 92.9 The Game Braves reporter, Grant McCauley. Uh, we'll go out to the waitfor.com hotline to talk to Grant, who, uh, Grant, have you have you eaten dinner yet, or are you about to head to dinner after this conversation? You know, it's a great question, because I'm not sure what time zone I'm in at times. But, yeah, I've been back for... You know, at least 24 hours or so, I guess, I think, maybe. But, yeah, I'm, I'm well-fed. I'm not quite well-rested yet, but there's no rest for the weary right now with the way things are, are going around the hot stove and obviously some big Braves news for us to get to as well. Yeah, I do want to stick to – I know you're not used to the story being about you, but just for a moment, indulge us in the fact of Grant uh, just came back from being in Hawaii. Grant is now a newly engaged man congratulations to you thank you um i'm i'm curious though most exciting part outside of because well i know the easy answer is to say the engagement itself uh because i know the stress level that goes into everything like that to make sure (laughs) everything plays out perfectly um but most exciting part outside of the engagement from your uh from your trip in hawaii well, we really had just a, a crazy great 10 days that it felt like two or three vacations days. all wow. rolled into one. So when we started, you know, my girlfriend, now fiance, was running the Honolulu Marathon. So we were really focused Ooh. in on that. I ran the 10K, which is to say I got to go out and participate <laughs> and see what it's all about. It was an amazing event. Uh, she finished the marathon, and then as the uh, trip was going to kick it into the next gear, I felt like the day after that, we would go out and do something nice, and I would go ahead and arrange a nice beach proposal, and that's exactly how things went down. Oh. And she said, yes, I am extremely, extremely lucky and very excited about what comes next. And, hey, we got to spend a week in Hawaii as fiancés. We went over to Maui, saw Black Sand Beach, sunset cruises, all kinds of great stuff. Went to a luau. I mean, we packed it all in, but there's still probably more stuff we can do the next time we go. So, Grant, uh, doing the works while in Hawaii and, and of course, the – big engagement and everything like that. Like I said, congratulations to you. Um, I know it's a really, really stressful moment to make sure all of all of the, the photographers there and everything kind mm-hmm. of coordinates mm-hmm. perfectly. Uh, uh, but so going from some positive news to what some, especially around this city, would consider uh, some some sad news, some negative news in that seven years, $177 million goes to Dansby Swanson, but it wasn't given by the Atlanta Braves. It was given by the Chicago Cubs. Um, Just your initial thoughts to seeing the deal go down. I'm curious also, did you ever at any moment actually expect the Atlanta Braves to give a competitive offer to Dansby Swanson, or is this kind of how you expected this to play out? Well, competitive felt like it was starting to become kind of a relative or or maybe subjective term because this market for – the shortstops that were out there, whether it was Carlos Correa and Trey Turner or Xander Bogarts, whoever it was, you knew that they were going to get some big money, but it was the years that began to surprise me. Mm-hmm. And if you started to see guys signing, what, 11 and 13 million, uh, excuse me, 11 and 13 year contracts for 300 plus million dollars, you just felt like this market was starting to move far away from what the Braves might have had in mind when they made their initial, I believe, six-year, $100 million offer to Dansby Swanson. And then if Swanson's camp was kind of looking at, as I've talked about throughout the course of the summer and the fall, maybe that six years, $140 million that Javi Baez and Trevor Story got a year ago would be the framework of what Swanson had played his way into with a career year. I think his camp was completely justified to ask for something like that because the market was bearing that and more. And it just did not seem like the Braves' valuation was going to go to that level. And then you certainly couldn't expect, you know, for Dansby Swanson to be doing 
the best business for himself to turn away perhaps upwards of $80 million over the course of the uh, of, of this free agency to just come back to the Braves at their initial offer, which I believe really was just earlier in the year before the market started to take form. So a lot of things had to happen to make a long story short, and it just never seemed like the Braves were going to get into the level that even the Chicago Cubs decided to get into at seven years and $177 million, which, by the way, who knew that Freddie Freeman was not going to get as much guaranteed money in free agency as Dansby Swanson is going to get from the Cubs? It's crazy all the ways you can look at it. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. That voice, of course, is that of Grant McCauley, Braves insider for 92.9 The Game, joining us on the wadeford.com hotline. So assuming that Dansby Swanson was plan A for the Atlanta Braves, what's plan B? Is it Vaughn Grisham? Is it somebody else? What are you thinking here? Yeah, I mean, right now you have to look at what you actually have on your 40-man roster. And if you are to you know, believe what the Braves are, are looking at is at face value, Vaughn Grissom, who is working throughout the course of the offseason with Ron Washington to hopefully strengthen that defense up. And, you know, there were some questions, I think, even as Vaughn was a highly touted prospect and, you know, you felt like the bat was ahead of the glove, whether or not he was going to stick at shortstop. Well, now he might actually have the opportunity to prove that, hey, I can be a shortstop. But, you know, my question throughout this prior to Dansby Swanson coming off the board was, do you believe that Vaughn Grissom can do it now? Or would he be better suited continuing to develop as a shortstop for another year or more at AAA before he's pressed into everyday duty? But if you sign Dansby, it's a moot point. He can move to another position, and that would be that. Right now, he's the what would appear to be the heir apparent, but there is a certain amount, I feel, from the brave side of where well, you're going to have to prove it and earn it. You're not just going to be given the keys to it and allowed to just simply fail at the big league level. So they do have Orlando Arcia on their squad. They have gone out and gotten some levels of depth behind Arcia over the course of the offseason, but nothing that really moves the needle. So with the bigger free agents off the board, you know, there are some other options in free agency that could be good stop gaps, but does this market push the stop gaps into getting two and three year deals? If you're talking about Elvis Andrews or Jose Iglesias, guys who had decent years last year, they're not long term solutions, but for the teams that missed out on the Swansons and Turners and Bogarts and Correas, you know, would they be willing to go two or three guaranteed years for Elvis Andrews? And then maybe that's not something the Braves want to do. So that's just one of the examples I look at is there's not a lot of great choices outside of the reunion with Dansby Swanson from the free agent side of things. Vaughn Grissom did show the Braves that he could be a player for them and is a guy to be excited about, but he was pressed into duty as one of the youngest players in baseball and now would be asked to become an everyday guy at a position that he hasn't played yet at the big league level. There's still a lot of questions for me about where exactly the Braves' opening day shortstop is at this moment, and is it in fact Vaughn Grissom, or is it going to be somebody else? Grant, I, I kind of want to go bigger picture here for a quick second. Uh, Fangraphs, I don't know if you saw this, Fangraphs has the Braves at number one for projected wins next year. So mm-hmm. do you do you see, are the Atlanta Braves better today than they were the last game against Philadelphia? No, not without Dansby Swanson. I, I know the projections are what they are. And, you know, it's, it's wonderful that we have those and everybody gets excited <laughs> about it. And, you know, we have power rankings and all kinds of other things. Of course, we love to grade all of the different, you know, hot stove acquisitions and trades and stuff that happen in the off season. But until the games are actually played, we don't really know how it's going to go. And I think that, you know, the Braves, you, you can't look at them and say that taking away Dansby Swanson makes this club better. Now, what you can start to do is look around and think, well, how could they be forecasted for, you know, having the most wins 
at this point right now, considering they just lost Dansby Swanson. Well, Ronald Acuna Jr. and Ozzie Albee should be primed for big bounce back seasons. That's a factor you really have to look at. You know, you've still got the core of this team that you are returning with a very good rotation, a very good bullpen. And, you know, one that outside of Dansby Swanson, this is a well-constructed club, but we already knew that. But it's still difficult to look at it and see the Mets going and getting Justin Verlander and locking down some of their guys, not letting them leave as free agents, continuing to sign and spend money at a rate hitherto unthought of in Major League Baseball. The Phillies go get Trey Turner, among other acquisitions for them. That's a big deal. And the Braves really, outside of the Sean Murphy trade, which does make the club better, let me point that out, you know, it's hard to say that they have been able to keep up with the activity level of some of these other clubs. And that, I think, is where people are starting to get a little bit anxious. And I don't really blame them for that because, you know, you want to be making your club better. And the Braves right now are still, I think, looking for ways at shortstop, perhaps left field, and maybe even a DH to make their club better. Talking with Grant McCauley on the uh, waitfor.com hotline. Grant, you actually touched on a little bit of what I wanted to ask, but more specifically in the fact of, uh, yeah, previous to this Dansby Swanson news, of course, Braves fans all trying to react and figure out how they feel about the Sean Murphy trade because you give mm-hmm. up what I would consider to be a lot of assets, uh, including, Grant, you're going to have to retire your Wild Bill t-shirt. You know, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know how you're feeling about that, <sighs> uh, but, uh, uh, but going all in, at least it, it felt like to me, going all in and getting Sean Murphy uh, and then deciding not to maybe go all in uh, at shortstop and get either one of these big free agents, or, or I guess mm-hmm. Dansby Swanson also counts as a free agent, you know, oh, yeah. bringing, bringing him back. So because you decided to make that a uh, to-be-determined thing and, and maybe uh, you're, you're trying to get Von Grissom to, to work and, and grow into that role, were you surprised that they go all in on Sean Murphy but don't, fill that void at shortstop or are you kind of under the impression that it's going to be one of these other positions that gets the the splashier uh, free agent yeah. move I feel like you know there's a lot of different layers of that and nuance of that and I did a new from the diamond podcast which I dropped earlier today and get it wherever you get your podcast where you know for a longer period of time than we have right now I've really tried to get into all of the different levels of exactly what you're talking about because, you know, failing getting Dansby Swanson back, you knew you had that question mark at shortstop, but that was something we went into the winter thinking, all right, well, we got to have conclusion to the Dansby Swanson saga. Is he going to sign? Is he going to go somewhere else? If he does, when's it going to happen? Who's going to be available? What move can be made? What happens at that area? Then you kind of shift your focus over to, all right, well, how do you make yourself better in the outfield? How do you make yourself better at DH? I didn't have catcher in anywhere near the list of things the Braves needed to deal with because Travis Darno and William Contreras, my guy, Wild Bill, they were a tremendous duo offensively speaking. You know, one of the most productive catchers crews of anybody in all of baseball, any of the 30 teams. And now William Contreras is going to be putting on a Brewers uniform, and that was just part of the three-team, nine-player trade that did get the Braves one of the top five catchers in baseball. But again, it just wasn't an area that I was looking at as one of need. But then you start to look at the you know, the appeal of getting Sean Murphy. And it doesn't take very long to figure out that, hey, this guy is going to make the team better. And if you do look at that nine-player trade, the Braves got the best player in that trade. They did give up a lot of quantity. They gave up quality, I feel like, in Contreras. And and that was kind of the more quizzical part of that deal. He ended up going to the Brewers. I, I, I liken this to the Brewers showed up at a flash sale, and they walked away with <laughs> one of the better hitters. 
in the trade. Meanwhile, the Athletics, they got a bunch of quantity, and, and I do like Kyle Muller. I think he's probably the best player that they got as far as the pitching prospects from the Braves. And then the Braves got Sean Murphy for the next three years. And with the rules changes and his defensive prowess, the, his, his ability to throw, frame, he's got power, and he's projectable as far as you know being able to be under team control for the next three years so you don't have questions behind the plate, and a higher ceiling catcher all around, then I think William Contreras was viewed as. So maybe that's kind of why that deal played out in the fashion that it did. But, yeah, the Braves still have the questions outside of this. And the catcher trade was just something that – kind of came, no pun intended, out of left field, but the Braves saw a chance to get better at a position, and that's something that Alex Anthopoulos has not been shy about. He's not out there focused on only one thing, and until he gets that thing done, will he move on to the next thing? He will try to find what he believes is the best deal at that time and make that deal happen and continue to have other things brewing so that he can do those as they become available or some deal might show itself that wasn't available earlier on in the winter, which hopefully will be the case as we go forward because I still feel the Braves are a couple of pieces away from where they want to be heading into spring training in the middle of February. Grant, we are in the middle of hot stove season. I mean, this is just crazy, crazy time. Jim Callis, of course, he is. He joined the hot stove, and he made some very interesting comments. Uh, I don't know if you saw this or not. Max Freed, I, did. I figured you mm-hmm. would have. Max Freed could be on the move, says Jim Callis. I don't necessarily believe that's true. He does bring up a good point. He's going to be expensive, and he's not under contract right now. What, is he going to be signed? Is he going to get an extension? Or are we looking at a legitimate situation where he's not going to be an Atlanta Brave? I don't think we're looking at that situation this offseason. Would you be looking at it maybe next offseason? Because he has two more years of club control. Now, Max Fried is going to go into the free agent market at the age of, I believe, 31 years old. And so is it conceivable that he could get the kind of deal that Carlos Rodon just got from the New York Yankees? Absolutely. I I think that he could. Are the Braves going to hand him that kind of money in an extension? No, I don't expect that. But there is still a window here of time in which the Braves could conceivably work out, you know, having him under control for this next couple of years. And maybe you add two to three years beyond that. And one of those option years that the Braves are famous for adding on to some of these deals. I still think there's the ability to get one of those done. Will it happen, though? I think it, it, at this point, it's kind of a 50-50 probability, which doesn't sound great because either, yes, it will happen or no, it won't. So it's always 50-50 if you really break it down to brass tacks there. But I don't think you're in that place where you need to panic about that kind of thing right now. But it is the business of baseball to try to figure out the ways to lock in these young players. The Braves do it, I think, better than anybody as far as extensions are concerned. But the closer guys get to free agency, and we have learned once they do get into free agency, it is a completely different negotiation. And the Braves have a very strict valuation system they look at that they're not going to stray from. So, you know, it. I didn't put a lot of credence in that as a rumor, but it's the hot stove. It's that time of the year, and anything that gets thrown out there, we got to react to. So why not talk about the possibility of a trade that probably won't happen this offseason because, hey, we've got spare time. That is Graham McCauley uh, from the Diamond, his podcast. Go out uh, and find that wherever you listen to your podcast, of course. Uh, Grant also, our 92.9 The Game Braves insider. Grant, thanks so much for uh, giving us some of your time, and go enjoy dinner or sleep or what everybody tells you uh, you, you need next. <laughs> you got it, guys. Thanks. Appreciate it. Look forward to talking to you soon.